This is a Federal News Network podcast. The latest benefit signed into law for veterans aims to help those exposed to the poisonous fumes of burn pits and other sources. VA officials say they were ready for the PACT Act. For an update, the Deputy Undersecretary of the Office of Policy and Oversight, Ronald Burke. And let's start with an update, Ron, if you would. Uh, how many people have signed up since this thing was enacted, since PACT Act actually became law? What was it, about four, four or five months ago now, right? Yeah, since August 10th, more than 260,000 veterans have filed claims to date. And we've already decided more than 85,000 of those. An interesting uh, point to, to, to call out is that approximately 80% of those decisions have been grants. Right. And do you have any sense of the number that have applied that couple of hundred thousand were already in the VA system getting other benefits or are these all new people or do you do you track that? Yeah, we do track that. It's a combination. We've got some first time filers, if you will. We have veterans that were in receipt of compensation for other conditions throughout the course of their their lifetime. We've got, uh, again, a good mixture of uh, veterans, previously service connected, new service connections, survivors, so it's a combination of, uh, of, of many of those items. Now, in the earlier granting in recent years of benefits, say, for exposure to Agent Orange and the Blue Water being the most recent one, the presumption was that any exposure is therefore qualifying for these, in that case, the Agent Orange benefits. That took a long time. In the case of burn pits, is it simply assumed that any condition that's identified plus having had burn pit exposure therefore automatically equals the benefit? Yeah, so the presumption process is, is similar in nature to other presumptive processes. We basically concede that if we know a veteran was in a certain location, exposed to certain toxins, and has specific conditions, then we find them related, and that's the presumptive of service connection that we use for the conditions in the PACT Act, as well as the presumptive process you know, outside of the PACT Act. Right. So therefore, that would mitigate in favor of the high percentage of grants that you described earlier. That is correct, yes. And we say burn pits, and everyone associates burn pits with the conflicts in Iraq and Afghanistan where there were burn pits. But does this also cover earlier wars? It does. But with respect to the PACT Act, we are focused on what was passed by Congress uh, and the millions of veterans impacted by this specific legislation. Uh, and uh, we're excited about the opportunity to serve all of them. So what was the exposure mechanism, say, in earlier conflicts, earlier wars? Vietnam, I think there's some people, there might even be some Korean veterans, I guess, involved here also. Well, the PACT Act has some increased enhanced coverage for veterans from the Vietnam era, the Gulf War, post-9-11 veterans, and again, uh, interested in specifically focusing on the PACT Act parameters and ensuring that we're hiring and training folks to handle the flux, the influx of claims with respect to what's contained in the PACT Act. Now, since that initial influx of claims, I think you said 260,000, is it tailing off? I mean, have you gotten everyone that feels they might be entitled to this, or is it still coming in at a high rate? Oh, it certainly hasn't tailed off. In fact, we know there are many, many more veterans and survivors that are eligible for benefits under the PACT Act, and we are doing aggressive outreach and communications, inviting folks to please don't wait, file your claims. We're, we're pleased with the reaction of the initial 260,000, but we know there are many, many more. And we're encouraging listeners 
to file claims. If you have any doubt whatsoever, please follow your claim. We're speaking with Ron Burke. He is Deputy Undersecretary of Veterans Affairs for the Office of Policy and Oversight. And I'm interested in the hiring process that VA did to be able to have people to handle these claims because you know backlogs have kind of dogged VA from time to time. Is this a whole separate staff just to deal with PACT Act claims? Well, we've increased our nationwide staff to process claims. Uh, we've hired uh, 2,000 net new employees in the past 12 months. Uh, we have a goal to hire, and we're on track to hire an additional 1,900 this year. Uh, these are folks that are being recruited, trained, uh, and deployed to help with all veterans' claims, including the surge from PACT Act. We are deploying tools and technology to help improve the process and the accuracy of claims. And we're prepared. We're excited. The organization is excited about this opportunity to serve. But the claims mechanism, the people that are doing this are part of the the overall claims benefits mechanism that VA has to which you've added PACT Act, but it's not a separate PACT Act set of people just doing those claims. No, you're correct. It's not a separate entity. It is a growing of our workforce, uh, veteran service representatives, rating specialists, uh, those key claims processing positions. All of our nationwide employees have been trained to process PACT Act claims. And in addition, we're adding thousands of additional employees. And I would add for any of your listeners uh, who are interested in joining us with this challenge, we are hiring lots of folks. Please join us. What kinds of backgrounds or experience do you tend to value in placing people in these positions? Yeah, in these positions, we're really looking at folks that are able to help us compile uh, do what we call claims development, compile evidence in some of our positions, you know, ordering of examinations where necessary. Uh, the others are positions that are really skilled in looking at the evidence of record and rendering disability determinations. And the main thing that we look for is people who want to serve those that serve. And what sort of training do they get? How does that actually happen? Yeah, we have national standardized training curriculums for both of those key positions. Uh, In addition to those claims processing positions, we're certainly also hiring the support staff and human resources and others to bring on and maintain this level of of workforce. But we have very structured training, a training curriculum that allows our folks to do high quality claims completions uh, and continue to put our veterans first. How long does it take to go through the training? Uh, Depending on the position hired, we have, uh, you know, eight-week sessions. Uh, There's continual refresher training. In fact, all of our existing employees got a series of refresher and new training relative to PACT Act provisions. So it depends on the position and the uh, duration of employment with with our administration. And what are the backlog trends and situation right now? Yeah, right now we are seeing, as expected, an increase in our overall backlog. We've been preparing for that. We started hiring personnel a year in advance so that they'd be proficient and ready to handle those claims. And as I said, with respect to PACT Act specifically, 260,000 receipts have come in, claims have come in since uh, August 10th, and we've already completed more than 85,000 of those decisions and will continue to do so. And you mentioned some tools and technologies to enable quicker. I imagine a lot of the claims processing takes place online, video conferencing. You're not expecting every veteran to come in to do this. That is correct. Uh, With respect to filing claims, veterans can do that through mail, online. We have an outstanding website uh, that really gives a step-by-step guide on how to apply. It also lists accredited representatives uh, that can be utilized to assist veterans in filing claims. But the process a mainly paperless environment 
has really allowed us to speed up processing times and focus on increasing quality. Just a final question on the hires. Are most of them veterans or can someone who is not a veteran that just might want to help out in this particular area of endeavor also apply? Yeah, I think, Tom, that's a great question with respect to our organization. We have the luxury of having the most noble mission in the federal government, and we have a great mixture of veteran and non-veterans. You don't have to be a veteran to care about serving veterans. So we're encouraging everybody to apply. Ronald Burke is Deputy Undersecretary of Veterans Affairs for the Office of Policy and Oversight. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you very much. And we'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Subscribe to the Federal Drive wherever you get your podcasts. Leadership today, especially within the federal workforce, is being tested more than ever before. Sean Ferguson, Senior Vice President of Government Relations and Chief of Staff to the Office of the Chairman at the Special Olympics, joins host Shane Canfield, CEO of WEPA, to discuss the importance of leadership, inclusion, and community building. To learn more about how you can get involved with the Special Olympics in your community, visit specialolympics.org slash get dash involved. Hello, and welcome to the Lessons in Leadership podcast. What are some of the biggest lessons that you've learned working with that community? Oh, uh, yeah, almost, uh, Shane, it's almost immeasurable. The things I've learned since I've been with Special Olympics. I um, One of the things that drew me to Special Olympics uh, when I made the move over from, from the NFL uh, was that my mother, my grandmother, my aunt all took care of, of people with intellectual disabilities and, and, and physical disabilities as well. So all of my life, I was uh, interacting and around um, usually usually young people, but also adults with disabilities. And so I, I knew that I knew that work a bit. You know, they they basically were in direct care. And and I will say, and on a, obviously we'll say about my my family, my mother, my aunt, my grandmother, they're saints. Uh, but uh, the the men and women that do take care of people with uh, profound disabilities are are really um, you know we we can't do enough to salute them. Um, they're they're really heroes, and um, so I was I was drawn when I I and I just saw that you know Special Olympics was looking for someone, and I thought, well, you know, take a look at it and see, see you know, throw, uh, send in my information, and lo and behold, I I, I get hired, and um, I learn uh, every day almost something from, especially from our athletes. Uh, we're blessed to have a number of athletes that work here in our office in Washington D.C. And, you know, uh, Terrell, who, who works in, in our mailroom, who comes by with packages and deliveries. Uh, if you're having a day that's, you know, getting away from you and you, you <laughs> coffee hasn't kicked in, but Terrell comes by always happy, always enthused, uh, has a, has a good story. Like it can just turn a day around for you. And, and, and you think of, I, I, you know, so often when he'll walk away, I'll be like, you know, whatever was bothering me or whatever is, you know, stressing me out and come on, you know, like, look at, look at Terrell, like he, he faces everything with optimism. And, and, and I've seen that also in our going to competitions in throughout the United States and globally, you see people who have had everything stacked against them. You know, their parents, when they were born, were often told this is a tragedy and you should, you should, you know, send your, this child away. Don't, don't, you know, and, and kind of forget about them, Get, turn them over to the state or, or wherever. And, and, you know, that, you know, just kind of watch, watch your hands of it. Um, and, and, and in, in these cases, the parents didn't do that, thankfully. 
Um, and but they've still faced enormous challenges, you know, and but you see them out competing on the basketball courts or the football fields or swimming and uh, and and you know, besting their times from from their last competition, and they're so committed and just keep fighting through all the obstacles that they've had in front of them that are not just on the sports field, but also in growing up and finding education and finding groups to be part of and trying to find jobs. And, and, and I've seen so much perseverance and grit uh, from a- the athletes of Special Olympics that uh, I, I, Tim Triver, my boss, the chairman, uh, says all the time, and I couldn't agree with him more, uh, we get more than we give. Uh, working with Special Olympics, it, you know, we, and thank you for your very kind words about the work I do and we do, but but we're the lucky ones. We, those of us that work here are the lucky ones because I, I said to someone the other day, you know, the things that I've been able to see and experience with athletes, you just don't get to do that anywhere. That that you know, it's a, and it's so unique and it's so uh, joyful and and uh, I mean, we work hard and you know, we we're up against you know the things that nonprofits are up against and you know the you know the issues of the day. But uh, man, you see, it, it, and 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 the inclusion and the at Special Olympics, no one's excluded. You know, no, right. no one's excluded. Everyone yep. is equal at Special Olympics. It, and, you know, in a country that's quite divided on so many lines, politically and uh, socially, uh, economically, race and uh, sexual orientation and whatnot. But you go to Special Olympics and everyone's involved. Everyone's welcome. Everyone's equal. And I've learned that it's a model for our country and for our world. Uh, I, I just think that that if if people were involved in Special Olympics in experience the power of Special Olympics for themselves, I, I, I can't imagine that one help our country and help our world um, to experience that true inclusion and acceptance of difference. How, how do we get, how can listeners get involved in Special Olympics? Ways to get involved? Uh, tons of ways. So uh, volunteers, obviously, coaches, officials, uh, and, and the thing that, that, that uh, Tim Shriver has done uh, and really pushed in the years that he's been chairman is the unified sports model that, that I mentioned earlier, um, where people and, and it doesn't have to be. Uh, it's not just school age. It's it's, uh, you know, we say nine to ninety nine or uh, year old uh, folks uh, that play on teams, uh, bowl together, golf together, play soccer, basketball together. Uh, people with and without intellectual disabilities competing on teams together. Um, and that is, I, I think, when you when you go back to the founding uh, of our organization, what Mrs. Tri- Mrs. Shriver was trying to do uh, was to, to uh, create inclusion opportunities for people with intellectual disabilities. And you see it at these unified sports events where people with and without are playing together. We still have traditional uh, teams where it's all people with intellectual disabilities competing with other uh, teams, all intellectual disabilities. But this model of inclusive sports and inclusive leadership programs and whatnot, I think is truly revolutionizing and changing the way people see uh, others with intellectual disabilities. That's just like, I mean, that's what we that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to bring people together and bridge difference and, and, and celebrate differences and that our athletes, man, are some of the grittiest 
people that you will meet and and uh and there's a lot to learn from our athletes and playing sports with them and interacting is is how you'll learn it check us out uh you know uh, specialolympics.org on on our website uh that will link you to your local program you can follow through the the clicks of how to get involved and where what's closest to you you'll enjoy it i can promise you that well, thank you very much, Sean. And, and to everybody listening, I'm Shane Canfield, CEO of WEPA, and we'll uh, talk to you next time on the Lessons in Leadership podcast.